City on the Edge. City on the Edge. Hi, everyone. Welcome to City on the Edge, a podcast about Albuquerque. I am one of your three hosts, Mike Smith. With me are Ty Bannerman. Ty Bannerman. And Nora Hickey. Nora Hickey. And these people are great. And we're is that what we do? We just show. say our names after you say our name now? Like, I don't know. Yeah, is there a, I don't know if there's a set protocol, but, okay. but um, you know, it's good that people know who we are. Yes. Yeah. And, and recognize voice. our voices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's very important. Yeah. And they, can, um, they can imagine us. We, uh, we did get some uh, some feedback on our, our microphone issues from last time, so oh, no. I want everyone to know that we now have... Separate mics for each one of us, so yes. uh, there's mm-hmm. uh, you should be able to hear us well yeah. throughout today's episode. What do people say? What they mean? Um, just that we had a hard time hearing you. Oh, yeah. They're like, speak up, Mike Smith. Jeez, uh. Mike Smith. Why are you so dumb and quiet? Oh, man. Actually, that was just me. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I had a problem with it, too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. good. To, it's good to care about this stuff. Now, Today's episode uh, should be dropping, unless something goes wrong, on October 31st, commonly known as All Hallows' Eve. And this is an important date because this is actually uh, our one-year anniversary. We we did our first episode on ghosts. Really? um, Right after, I believe it was right after Halloween, and this is going to be our second Halloween. Oh, wow. Spooktacular. Well, thanks for still listening, people that are still listening. That's great. Congrats, guys. Well, And thanks for having me This is your legacy, too. Yeah, so happy (laughs) Halloween to everyone. Uh, Why don't we start with uh, what you guys think of a New Mexico Halloween? Nora, you're kind of a new new person in in, uh, Albuquerque. What's your impression of a New Mexico Halloween and how it differs from, say, Wisconsin Halloween? Um, I definitely noticed the New Mexico Albuquerque Halloween, really because you guys trick-or-treat on Halloween Mm. at night. So in Wisconsin and the other Midwest states in which I knew young kids or family, everyone trick-or-treated during the day Mm. um, and on the Sunday before or after Halloween, Mm. probably before Halloween. So I love that it was at at night um, and that... It was in the cloak of darkness. So you notice a lot of people, like in your neighborhood. Yeah, uh, especially when I moved downtown, and I do want to say that Forest Avenue, Forester Avenue, is amazing. That's Halloween Central. If you haven't been down there on Halloween night, the whole block just goes, or several blocks really, just Mm -hmm. goes crazy for it, and they decorate the trees. I'll take my kids there. I mean, it's it's a bit like a block party. Yeah, that's cool. It seems that there's no traffic. Yeah, and there's some really scary displays. Yeah, pretty yeah. gruesome. It is weird. There's like a severed head wrapped in barbed wire hanging from a tree next to my kid's school yeah. right now. I'm like, how is that bad 11 months out of the year? But one month, it's like, look at this, kids. <laughs> and it actually is just a real head from some bad Probably. drug deal. But yeah. everyone's like, Halloween. Actually, that's yeah. happened several times. Not in Albuquerque, oh, but really? um, uh, other places in the U.S. where someone has hanged themselves either uh, on purpose horrible. or accidentally. And that's everybody's so like, look at that hilarious Halloween decoration. And actually, I think with America's history, that's like a decoration people should skip. Yeah. I, I feel I like a pang of historic horror every time I see someone hanging from a tree. Yeah, yeah. You know? totally. Like, just don't do that one. Right. You know, <laughs> like it's you know people like a whole race of people and many people of different backgrounds have had that happen. Right. You know, it's just it's weird. I don't know. Whatever. What uh, do you What do you do with your kids on Halloween? Do you do the trick or treating thing? Like, yeah, a lot of times I'll take them trick or treating in their grandparents' neighborhood. But I gotta say, like Halloween, I, it's hard to say New Mexico or Albuquerque or whatever. Yeah. Like, but just Halloween today is so super like lame in so many ways. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, you had like a real variety of of stuff that people gave you. Half of it was like homemade, or at least like right. yeah. there was no like set thing. Now it's like everyone goes to the same stores, buys the same like big packs of the same five can you know fun size candies or something like that. Yeah, and so it's just like well, I could have just gone to Walgreens and the like, paranoia of the eighties about oh, razor yeah. blades and oh, needles and and there was like. <clears throat> like only one or two documented cases and it was always a family member giving the the questionable item to their kid right it was never never like just a random person yeah yeah i remember in fifth grade going down to like the it was like the town hall or something in bayfield colorado where i was 
And they had like an x-ray machine set up for everyone's ha- uh, Halloween candy to run it through. Really? Perhaps it was yeah. all a plot by to the look, candy look industry. Look for needles and razor blades. Oh, and gosh. Yeah. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. And um, we don't have that many trick-or-treaters in the neighborhood. Mm. We do try to like, we always try to take our kids around at least a few houses in, in the neighborhood. Because mm. I feel like it's just a really good way to... Say hello to your right. neighbors Meet and people. just kind of, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's really the, the point of that's it. That's true, yeah. Um, but down the street from us, there's something called a trunk or treat at the church. Uh, Have yes. you guys heard of this? Yeah. No. So this is, uh, this is the church um, safe alternative. And again, so we're starting from a fallacy, which is that Halloween is unsafe because it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, hardly anything no. bad happens on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, they have a all the people from the church get together in the parking lot and open their their uh, trunks, mm. and they have treats in there, and the kids go from car to car. Right, right. And my wife gets so mad every time we pass that place by. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's absurd. It seems a bit absurd to me. I gotta I gotta admit, and plus, it just seems like you're you're foregoing your actual neighborhood and community right. in favor right. of, of your church, which, right. I mean, I, I know church is also a kind of community, but you should be in touch with the people around you. I feel right. like that's even more important. Right. Of course, yeah. I'm an atheist. What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> You're a heathen. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I have heard, you say not, almost nothing bad happens on Halloween. I heard that 7,000 houses a year burn down from jack-o'-lanterns in America. That's no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Even as they're outside, or do I they guess. take them inside? Mm. Yeah, huh. I just heard it on the radio when I drove in here. It could be totally wrong, but uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, do you guys yeah. do real jack o' lanterns? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, Me too. And I, I can't imagine have. how that would even happen. Like, it's not like pumpkins are super flammable, right? <laughs> Maybe if it's been sitting out there for a while and dried out somehow. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or somebody, some kid. Picks it up and throws it at your house. People are just throwing trash in there. Probably. <laughs> they're, they're huddling around it for warmth. Right. <laughs> they bring it inside and huddle around it because it's a chilly night. Oh, man. Well, oh, Halloween. I thought I came across an interesting question on the Albuquerque subreddit the other day that oh, nice. I thought would make a great platform for our episode. Awesome. Um, we are going to answer a question submitted by Cocky Pink Crocs. 717, <laughs> who uh, seems, hmm, well, I don't know if uh, this person is new to Albuquerque or not, but this is the question that this person asks. I live in a fairly new developing suburban area in Albuquerque. Our home is about two years old and a half years old. Uh, for the past week and a half, between 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., my dog runs to the sliding door and starts growling and barking at it, She scratches the glass so hard, I think she'll pop her nails off. I've looked outside, and I don't see anything. This is the second time I've let her out to investigate, and she just runs to this bush. I do let her out in the daytime, and she doesn't bother the bush, so I'm not sure what it is. Is it paranormal, maybe? Mm. And I'd like to start off just by answering that part of the question. Yes, this is definitely (laughs) the paranormal that we're dealing with here. Um, It's honestly the only explanation. So... Other than like a rattlesnake infestation right under that bush that's just <laughs> slowly tunneling its way toward her. That her could house. be, but even that I think might be a little paranormal. Be paranormal. Yeah, yeah. That's nature. Some sort of demonic. Oh my God, my dog is barking <gasps> right now. She knows that okay. we're talking about. So here's the good news, uh, cocky pink crocs. How is cocky spelled? Is it like the pants or like C-O-C-K-Y? The okay, like, right. you know, I'm, a, I'm cocky. Uh, in, my in my pink Crocs. In my pink Crocs. Crocs um, do make you feel pretty good. Really? I like that it's 717, which makes me feel like there were 716 other people with the username <laughs> Cocky Pink, pink Crocs. This army is really common. And they're like, no, marriage. I'm not giving it up. <laughs> 717. People. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so the good news is that we have a crack team of investigators who have been researching this subject to find out what it is that might be causing your dog and maybe even my dog right mm-hmm. now to bark. Yeah. And um, Nora, mm-hmm. I understand that you've got some interesting theories about various entities, paranormal entities that might be uh, in the New Mexico wilderness causing some trouble. Yes. And I just want to say I feel like we're in Scooby-Doo right now. And Mike <laughs> is totally shaggy. Oh, yeah. Ty is Velma. Uh, Sco- oh, And thank I'm... You. The really pretty You're a Fred? blonde girl. <laughs> oh, the really pretty. <laughs> Daphne. Daphne, yeah. No, but it's common knowledge at this point that dogs freak out over the paranormal. Mm. So I right. think it's a logical conclusion that 
the dog is sensing something paranormal. Mm. So in my research, um, there's the <laughs> there's the the general witch, and we know that the witch can take different forms. Mm -hmm. um, so there's of course the owl, but she's not seen an owl, mm. so it might yeah, not no be that. Yeah, no owl has been seen. Right. Nothing's really been seen. Which which makes our job harder, yeah. but more fun. <laughs> um, and then the other form that a witch takes is. A fireball. A fireball. Mm. And I'm wondering if it's maybe in the bush or like Mike's saying in a hole under the bush. Like mm. the fireball is under the bush? Like the fireball is mm. under a, the bush. Cocky Pink Crocs did not mention a fireball. It's possible there was a fire fireball, but Cocky Pink Crocs just didn't really think it was worth mentioning. Right. Well, maybe, yeah, it could be the bush. An absence yeah. of right. evidence is not evidence of absence. Sure. Yes. Right. So, so it could be a... So, a right. witch, could be either an insect or a bird, or a, or a witch, yeah, yeah. or yeah. a witch. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, the witch could be in those. Oh, forms. right, right. Oh, okay, but yeah. just yeah. for cocky pink Crocs, if she sees a blue fireball, she can rejoice because that means good luck. Oh, that's a yeah, like a good witch or yeah. just a good luck, like a good creature. omen from a okay. witch who knows yeah. things. Um, but if it's red, yeah. that yeah, I hate. Then you're in trouble. Then you're in trouble. Wow. What can she do if she sees a red fireball? Is there anything you can do to ward off the witch, or anything, any behaviors she should be mm. anticipating? She should just make sure she has a black dress to wear to a funeral because it does mean death in the mm. immediate family. Oh my goodness! Oh, wow. oh, okay. So it's more of like an omen rather than yeah. a hostile yeah. entity. Okay. Gosh, Wait, no, so awful. this is like general New Mexico folklore, right? Right. Is, yeah. Okay. Nice. And and, and a lot in near um, Ghost Ranch, okay. fireballs were okay. seen in particular. Lots and, of lots um, of small Hispanic villages, of course. Right. So. In Scott Lomaday, when he lived at Jemez Pueblo, said he saw fireballs racing around at night, and the folklore was that they were witches. Wow. Also, cool. at the end of Manal, um, there was a professor at UNM who saw strange lights going up and down the uh, foothills there, uh. um, which some people interpret as UFOs, other people interpret right. as witches Correct. or ghosts. Yeah. Um, I think we actually talked a little bit about that a little last bit, yeah, year. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So. Okay. It's funny. I, I was just looking at a book. Um, I read it before. It's called La Suertes. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah, what's it called? It's by Lou Sage Batch, and it's this collection of uh, of folk tales and th so on from La Madera and Placidas at the north end of the Sandias. And it talks about the witches being fireballs and so on. And it says the only way you can escape a witch is to find someone named Juan. And, pe and people named really? Juan can stand off against witches. And when the witch is chasing them, they can take off their shirt and throw it across the path, and it will trip the witch and make them get tripped and disoriented after that. Now, do you have to be you have you have to be named you Juan. have to be named Juan. Yeah. What about John? I don't know. They don't get into it. I'm not sure. It just the book just says Juan. Juan. Okay, Juan. Yeah. That's interesting. But I know a couple of Juan. So if we ever were in the situation, right? You know, right. Okay. You know, that's a pretty common name, at least. Yeah. Like, so you, know. you you might have a chance. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. she needs to befriend a Juan. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good of, one. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. You, hmm. you know those uh, Juan's face all around town? Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The graffiti. Maybe it's warding off Street witches. Art. Oh, interesting. <gasps> oh, my gosh. What Ty is referencing here is um, a, uh, a friend of ours had his face taken and turned into a street art uh, wheat pasting thing. Like, yeah. you know, this, this face was just pasted all around Albuquerque. From like 2010 to 2012, right? Wasn't yeah, yeah quite a while. They're still around at the. Uh, yeah. If you go to Winnings Cafe, right. the back window there, right. there's like three one faces. There were also stencils of it everywhere. It was just, yeah. It was, yeah. And there's a great story behind it. But I don't know if we can really share it. Yeah, I, I don't think we should. But I, I think yeah. clearly yeah. witches. Yeah, yeah. It's worth not to witches. witches. Okay, yeah. so that's one so option. That's one. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, which I kind of hope it is, because I hope mm. they exist, is. The Earth Babies. Oh. So they earth sound babies. cute because it's right. like, oh, little babies yeah, yeah. playing yeah. around in the earth. Oh No, they're no. hideous, horrifying. They're, hideous. they're six feet long. What? They're covered in red hair. What? So these not even fur, but These aren't hair. like babies at all. <laughs> no. And they come out at night and they have this piteous howl. Oh. They're just making this. So it does, I wonder wow. if she heard anything. What? Yeah. You know? Again, she didn't. She didn't mention hearing right. any hideous howls, but, but it could have been covered up by the dog barking. That's oh, no. yes. Um, so what what are these things? They're so no one's really sure, but they know that they're dangerous to especially sheep or other livestock. So oh. when herders 
either heard the howling uh-huh. or if they found red hair yeah. clumps on the ground, they mm. would move their herd quickly. Do they look like babies or like humans or like, have you read any description of that? No. no huh. Just that they're six feet long and covered in red hair. That's such a weirdly yeah. uh, abstract. Yeah. <laughs> and they, kind of and they somehow earned the name earth babies. Well, I wonder if they're yeah. related to children of the earth. Those uh, uh-uh. Nino de la Terra, the uh, Jerusalem cricket. Same planet, anyway. Yeah, Ooh. same planet. But oh, yeah. children of the Earth, Earth babies. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that could be the same uh, uh-huh. name, just translated mm-hmm. differently. What book is this that you're reading about Earth babies for babies from? Um, this is the Squaw Tree by Alice Bullock, and it's about mysteries in New Mexico. Oh. Yeah, so she okay. went around. It looks like in the 70s, hmm. and collected different stories cool, from around New Mexico. Interesting. Yeah. That's and good. no indicate they just kind of want cows and stuff, huh? They bother cows? Yeah. And sheep? So, yeah. Creepy, though. Can you yeah, imagine? Yeah. yeah. Six foot long. Six foot mass of hair. Coming up. Squalling. Right. Squalling. Yeah, and I think Freaking that your dog out. Even hearing that story, sound. like, around a campfire out of some sheep camp in northern New Mexico oh, or wherever the hell, you'd be like, what? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> you really seen this? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, so those are my two those options. Those are your two. Okay. I think yeah. those are good options. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to think Earth Baby more than which yeah. because uh, you, you would think that cocky pink, pink Crocs would have mentioned a fireball. Right. But, I mean, you know, again, you know, what do they call it? Uh, selective, uh, selective memory. Oh, yeah, selective. You know. Amnesia. <laughs> selective amnesia. You know, yeah. Maybe there was a fireball, and it was just too weird, and she couldn't stand. Right. Well, also, she was just putting this out at the beginning. I bet if, if she had gotten a lot of responses, she would have given more details. Like, and there were fireballs. And oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> six or foot long. <laughs> it was a six foot yeah. <laughs> long mass of hair. Oh, and yeah. also, a family member died immediately after. Oh, really? No. No. Oh. No, no. I'm just guessing because of the witches. Oh, that would be a good detail, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, should I go ahead and say what mine are? Yes. I uh, went looking in a slightly different path. Um, not so much ghosts or whatever the heck uh, earth babies are, <laughs> um, some kind of demon thing, but I found El Duende. Um, duende is a, like, a, like a goblin or a, or a fairy or a gnome, some sort of... Traditional, hmm. um, traditional uh, folklore creature, kind of uh, analogous, I suppose, to fairies um, or brownies. And uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, in Hispanic folklore of Mexico and the American Southwest, duendes are known as gnome-like creatures who live inside the walls of homes, sometimes, especially in the bedroom walls of young children. Uh, they attempt to clip the toenails of unkempt children but often Helpful. mistakenly remove the entire toe. Oh. So they're trying to help in this case. But see, there's several different varieties. There's, there's ones that are trying to help and screw up, like these ones. <laughs> and then there are some that are just outwardly malicious to humans. Mm. And um, sometimes they look a lot like people, and they live up in the mountains. And if you're up in the mountains alone and you see some strange-looking person who's like, hey, you should come back to my cave... Um, <laughs> First of all, don't. But if you do find yourself going along with them and you get yourself in a situation where you can't get out of and you look at this duende and you realize it has four fingers and no thumb, there's a simple trick you can do to get away from it and that is to tuck your own thumb behind your hand and show him your four fingers. And he'll think, oh, this is another duende and uh, we're pals so I'm not going to eat him or her. Um, they are also goblins that hide under the bed and in dark corners and then come out at night. This is by, uh, this is according to Ray John de Aragon, uh, who wrote the New Mexico Book of the Undead, uh, which is a, a new one that you can pick up. Um, pretty good. Uh, he says, um, he relates them to El Abuelo, which, uh, of mm. course means the grandfather, but if you're familiar with, um, traditional Marachinas dances in New Mexico, there's a figure called El Abuelo who cracks a whip and is a hunched over horrible old man. Mm. He says, a scary old man, perhaps not alive, who went around in the darkness searching for children. His telltale signs were the sounds of the cracking of his whip and his terrible grunts. Mm. So, either way, I'd say uh, cocky pink Crocs. If you have children, (laughs) don't send them out to look under the bush just in case... Mm -hmm. It's a duende who then notices that your kid's fingernails are too, or toenails are too long and then cuts off their toe. Oh. 
or tries to lead them into the mountains and eat them in a cave. Oh, yeah. Or it's El Abuelo who uh, wants to do whatever he wants to do with children, which it doesn't say here, really but it cannot be good. Yeah. Interestingly, um, there is, if you go on uh, online and do some searching around, there is a kind of a modern uh, El Duende tale um, for the modern age. Mm. Uh, in 2008, reports of a duende terrorizing oh. an Argentina town hit the media. That video is amazing. An alleged film of a duende was recorded by a teenager named Jose Alvarez in the city of Juernes. Oh. Alvarez and his friends were recorded speaking when the camera pans to the distance to see something wear a co- wearing a cone-shaped hat, and it does a little dance. I forgot that amazing, <laughs> amazing video. I love that video. I was Al- so sad. And, oh, keep going, keep going. Alvarez and his friends yeah. uh, claim that they were so frightened of the duende that they refused to go outside after dark. And then uh, this is uh, this is from the website thedemoniacalblog.blogspot.com, and it ends with this: the problem is that the video may be a hoax. The video is totally a hoax. No. There's like three no alternate way. versions of it. No, really? yeah, it does a little dance. I don't see how it could do <laughs> a hoax. <laughs> but the video is still amazing. I like raised my young, my oldest daughter on that. Well, one. I just we I kind of I love the idea uh. that. People, you know, you see like Bigfoot videos yeah. and aliens and weird lights, and they're usually right. kind of sinister, kind right. of in the in the distance. But this is such a weirdly whimsical little figure. It's still terrifying. Yeah, the, totally I mean, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That was it, the last time I was genuinely mm. afraid was my friend who's a novelist yeah. in New Mexico, Michelle Adams, mm. wrote this book, Child of Duende. Oh. Um, and it's... She's talking it more in, about it in the Lorca sense. Oh, Do you guys oh. know Duende is in like the creative spirit, oh, okay. and like writers try to oh, really? harness it. Oh, and there's mm. a wildness about it, so it oh, kind of fits in. Okay, um, they're like muses a little bit or something. Like, like it's more um, an ethos or like a, hmm. something in the air that you can harness. Hmm. It's like the didn't uh, Socrates have the idea of, of daemons that would sort of spiritually. Uh, inspire people. Oh, like in The Golden Compass. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great book. Yeah, but, book. But she started yeah. researching Duendes and told me the story and I was at her house in like the outskirts of Corrales. Mm-hmm. It was at mm-hmm. night um, and how she had heard from an anthropologist from somewhere in South America. The woman was sleeping in like a tree, um, a tree house kind of thing mm-hmm. and there was a big wind and it all of a sudden there's a little like gnome figure <laughs> and it cool. didn't say anything, but there was just like such power emanating from oh, it. And then there yeah. was another big wind and it was gone. Yeah. But I, I don't, it really made the hair on my, yeah. When somebody tells you something like straight up like that, yeah. that always weirds me out. Um, interestingly enough, duendes are known for being able to remain invisible to human eyes. So that could explain why she didn't see anything. Mm. Um, and except when they're drunk. At which point they lose the ability to uh, to remain invisible and are mm-hmm. also much more like mischievous and uh, prone to um, prone to cause trouble. Mm. So anyway, mm. so um, I'll also point out that in New Mexico there's a town called Duende, New Mexico. Wow. If you go up by uh, Abiquiu, really, I cannot find the story with that place yet. Mm. I want to know. Yeah, let's ask Bob Julian, who wrote Place Names in New Mexico. I bet he would know. Yeah, that. well, it's it's in Place Names in right. New Mexico, but right. it just mentions that it's a sort of a, a spirit, you know, oh, a gnome. Okay. Um, but clearly there must be some reason right. why you would name it that. That's cool. And I had one yeah. more possibility right. for her. This one's more localized to uh, Raton, New Mexico, but you never know. So I thought I would just, for the sake right. of, um, you know, precaution, we should go ahead and bring up... Everyone travels. The Goblin Rat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Goblin Rat, appropriately enough, appeared in Raton, New Mexico, in the 19th century. Um, it uh, it was uh, its first appearance was in the wake of a number of slaughtered lambs and chickens that were found dead uh, all over the place, um, and there were some large rat-like footprints nearby. And mm-hmm. then a small boy was taken. Uh, while he was out tending a herd or something like that, mm. and they came out and they found uh, the the people of the village came out and they found a trail of blood leading from where the boy had been, going to a large 
hole that looked like it might have belonged to a rat. That's wow. not good. They dug into it, and after a few feet, oh. they came to an end. So apparently the, the rat um, was clever enough to sort of block up the passage. However, later, someone actually saw the large rat. Uh, and by the way, it was also digging up bodies from the graveyard and kind of strewing around their remains. Wow. Um, and uh, somebody who was investigating that saw a black rat the size of a large dog. It hissed at him and flashed its hungry teeth. Wow, that's amazing. So, I mean, it, I it, it disappeared shortly thereafter. Yeah. Um, nobody ever knew what happened to it. Yeah. Perhaps it moved down to Albuquerque. And really is hiding under your bush right now. I think Cocky that's reasonable. Pink yeah. crocs. I once saw a rat the size of a dog in uh, in uh, Guatemala City, Guatemala, and it was just enormous. It was in a park, and it hissed at me when I like really? went near it. Yeah, it was just. Was it one of those capybaras? I don't know what it was, there? but it was the most terrible. I like could not get away from it uh, fast enough. It was okay. so creepy. I had a pet rat. <laughs> he was really big and very cute. Aren't they smart? Dog size? Cat Super, size? No, okay. but you know, big rat size. Yeah. Um, Haven't you ever heard that story from, um, like, a American couple goes to Mexico City oh, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. see a fluffy yeah. chihuahua right. dog that they right. take back for... They take it to the vet and it's a rat. And it's a rat, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and they're freaked out, but obviously one. it's a good dog, so I don't right. really know what the problem is. It, yeah. That's just yeah. racist. Here's I have this old folklore uh, paper from JSTOR. The Chilean Folklore Society. So it's, there's some New Mexico connection here, but also Chile. Um, and it defines duendes as elves and fairies, little infant-faced angels who cannot reach either heaven or hell but must inhabit uh-huh. the air. They're said to be male or female, some black, etc. Again, they are said to be just like gnomes. Oh, that mm. sounds so cute. I had a much more like kind of menacing yeah. picture in mind, some little twisted goblin well, I think those would exist too, yeah. That's the yeah. cool thing about folklore is it's like infinite variation. Right. Right. It yeah. never ends, yeah. Exactly. That's a, like there's no right or wrong. It's not like this is what... <laughs> A chupacabra looks like it's like well that's your account it's just people <laughs> making stuff up basically or yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> thinking that they're not making something up um, right. well that was uh, those were my I like the rat goblin options I do too yeah. I hadn't I hadn't come across that anywhere else that's yeah. also in Ray John the Aragon's book New Mexico Book of the Undead so well, I think uh, that's probably what it is yeah my, you think so I'm leaning towards that yeah okay well let's hear like, what Mike uh, what Mike discovered all right, I got a few things here. Um, I had an article that I wanted to bring in, and I can't find it because I'm disorganized, and life is life, and I don't know. But um, uh, one of the things that it was about was about all the different stories that have sprung up in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I titled it "Be Good or Else." Be good this or article. else. Article, and it yeah. was about all the different stories that have sprung up, basically as like means of controlling children and getting them to stay right. away from certain areas. Like we have La Llorona, like don't play in the ditches because we yep. live near those. You might drown. Cause, and also there's this eyeless lady who <laughs> like, kills children. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if that's effective at keeping kids out of ditches, but it is effective at scaring the crap right. out of everybody. Yeah. I mean, that right. is the most nightmarish. It's a creepy story yeah, until you start realizing like, oh, there's versions of this in every yeah. country. Like, yeah. I, When I was in high school, a friend and I had just gotten out of a movie at High Ridge Theater over at Indian School in Tramway. Uh-huh. And there's that long uh, concrete arroyo that runs alongside Tramway. Right. And uh, we walked. We were walking along it and just talking about whatever movie we had just seen. And uh, all of a sudden, this woman sits up in the concrete ditch and just lets out the most piercing, banshee-like, terrifying scream I've ever heard in my life. And we just started running. Like, yeah. like we just we ran for like two miles. We just didn't stop running. <laughs> and we finally were like physically unable to run any further and stopped and uh, talked to each other. We were like, what was that? And like we were like thought we had seen La, La Llorona. Yeah. We were sure. yeah. Later on, after a little more sober reflection, we were like, it's probably a homeless lady freaking us out, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway. But once you have that image yeah. in your head, and I'd I, say since this is Halloween, yeah, it was La Llorona. And so that's it, all it could have been La Llorona, but you saw. But but two other things um, that are often used to freak kids out are El Cucuy, mm-hmm. um, and so places that don't have La Llorona but have like just kind of hills and wooded areas and stuff like that. They just created the sort of generic boogeyman, mm-hmm. and uh, we're they're going to burn an effigy of him in the South Valley. I think on the thirtieth. Thirtieth um, of October. Yeah, yeah. Okay, come, so come by up. the time yeah this comes out, yeah. it'll already be. I've done. yet to go to that. I wrote an article about it once, but I but I've yet to go to. But um, the one I wanted to talk about that seemed most likely for this particular backyard 
situation. And boogeyman's are cool, and boogeyman, and uh, and Lyrona is the basilisk. I think mm. this is such oh. an interesting one, and and it's one that places that don't have ditches and stuff, but still need to terrify their children into obeying them and coming inside the house, and they just can't simply raise disciplined children because children are impossible to discipline. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm just well, taking notes on all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> talk about the basilisk or el basilisco. And I, and I have here, this is uh, from New Mexico Spanish Folklore, uh, written by Aurelio M. Espinosa. And this thing is full of great stuff. In fact, there's, a, there's an accountant here somewhere on the Duendes, too. And uh, there's a wonderful story of people needing, a, they're not able to find their broom in fact, I, I, I hate to go back to this, but it's so funny. Oh, so we're back um, to Duendes. I, I just wanted to share this one dumb story really quick. All right. Um, this is, okay, back to Duendes really quick. You got me all excited to... about El Basilisco. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, we'll get to that. Okay. But, but I just found this story, and I think it's so hilarious. So this is from uh, 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 that, that piece I just mentioned. Uh, this story is well known. A family once moved from one place to another, and on arriving at the new house, the mother was looking for the broom to sweep. Her daughter, a lazy and careless girl, had forgotten it in the old home. Presently, a dwarf appeared, descending slowly from the roof with a broom in his hand, and presenting it to the lady, he said, Here it is. That's the whole story. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> Good job doing that. <laughs> okay, <That's> so... so <laughs> <helpful>. <laughs> I need a little one day to help me with my housekeeping. That story cracks me up. <laughs> All right, now, All right, now back to the bustle. Grandma, you don't get to tell the scary stories anymore. That's <laughs> dumb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so that made me lose the story. Oh, here it is. Okay. So the well-known myth of the basilisk, a myth which is found in nearly all countries, is widely extended in New Mexico. It does not differ entirely from that of Spain or Chile, but there is one element which distinguishes it from the basilisk myths of other countries. In all countries where the myth appears, it is believed that the basilisk is born from an egg laid by a cock. According to the New Mexican belief, the basilisk is said to be born from an old hen. There is no egg connected with the myth at all. After a hen is seven years old, she no longer lays eggs, and she may give birth to a basilisk. A hen which is known to be more than seven years of age should be killed lest she give oh, birth to a basilisk. Crap. Not only in this respect is the New Mexican myth different from that of Spain and Chile, the basilisk in New Mexico is not like a snake. It is not a serpent or reptile. It has a shapeless, ugly form resembling a deformed chick and is a black color. So it is described by a New Mexican who, after going to a chicken house, whether he was attracted by the cackling of a, whither he was attracted by the cackling of a hen, found a basilisk fortunately dead. Any female bird or fowl may give birth to a basilisk. Everywhere in New Mexico, the myth is the same. As to the deadly effect of the eye of the basilisk, the New Mexico myth is the same as in other countries. If the basilisk sees a person first, the person dies. If that person sees the basilisk first, the basilisk, die. basilisk dies. The, stor the story is told that in a certain place there was a basilisk in a magpie's nest on top of a tree, and the people who passed by were seen by it and died. Finally, it was suspected that there was a basilisk up in the tree and a mirror being placed near the nest. The basilisk saw itself there and died. The belief that the basilisk dies when beholding its own image is also a prevalent one in all countries where the myth is found. Even the mirror story with slight variations is one that is found in Chile, France, and Spain. Interesting. Hmm. Kind of cool, huh? So do they, do they creep around at night and they look at you and you die? I guess so. You know, I, I interviewed this guy, Tom Romero, about these, and he remembered like actually seeing them, like going out into the fields. And he said that they would like have little mirrors on the ends of sticks, and they would sweep them through the fields so that the basilisk would would see what? them as they walked through the fields. Crazy. Yeah, and then they would they, they would die. He said they were like feathery worms with a single eye at the end. Oh wow! Are so, they pretty okay. small? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I imagine like several yeah. inches long or something. But let's. Uh, and crap! Yeah. I've got some aging hens in my backyard. Oh, that's true. A, yeah, like a four-year-old hen. I better. Yeah. Oh boy. Great Start story, thinking about a little coca vine yeah. one of these days. But um, I don't know. Can I, can I keep going? I've got a yeah, couple yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, another one is we have a really wonderful river monster in New Mexico that doesn't get enough discussion, mm -hmm. I think, and that's Avanu. The Avanu. Uh, hmm. Yeah, and it, and I th I believe this story originated from Taos Pueblo was where it first came from. A huge snake, to use an anachronistic analogy, about like the the width and size of a bus. 
Okay. And uh, but then proportionally as long as the snake would be if a snake was that wide, mm-hmm. so huge and just crawling through the Rio Grande, occasionally coming oh. up to eat cows and sheep and so on. I don't know if this backyard had access to the river or not. Yeah, we're not um, real clear. She said it's a new suburban development. Okay. I mean, it could be close to the river. There could be like a subterranean tunnel coming up under their house. Yeah, and it's just right. preparing chances to break are through. she would have noticed the right. bus-sized serpent. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah, but again, maybe. Absence of evidence. Right, and maybe it was so big that she just didn't see it. It was like, you know, you don't notice oh, a mountain yeah. or something. That right. totally but, makes sense. Um, How people like, constantly don't see a mountain. Right, right. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, so that was a possibility. That just seemed like a, a real reasonable Yeah, I think so. Thing. I, you know, I, I, well, I think we, we can't be limiting ourselves right. to things that right. make sense. Uh, another one was uh, New Mexico has, and all over, southern New Mexico in particular, but all over, has had a number of uh, pterodactyl sightings. Pterodactyl So maybe pterodactyls didn't go extinct. Um, I wrote something about it a long time ago. Let me see if I can find some specific things. In Lordsburg in particular, old-timers used to gather at the now-defunct Triple J, a coffee shop and tavern to play pool and trade stories. Many had known even older residents, and some of the stories they passed on dated back to the 19th century. One man, Leroy Jones, used to recall area ranchers in the late 1800s who swore they had seen pterosaurs, reptilian, enormous, and amazingly alive, swooping over the desert hills and scrub brush of New Mexico's southwestern boot hill. In Maxwell, during 1972, not far from the petrified tracks of Clayton Lake State Park, where there's tons of dinosaur tracks, a Los Alamos man named Ronald Monteleon reported glimpsing a living pteranodon, one of the largest known pterosaur varieties. While driving, suddenly he saw a 25 to 35-foot pteranodon-like creature fly out of the ravine, wrote Philip O'Donnell in Dinosaurs, Dead or Alive. Um, The credibility (laughs) of this account, this is what I wrote in like 10 years ago when I wrote this, suffers harshly from a few things. For instance, O'Donnell was a 14-year-old homeschooler who used the online moniker Living Dinosaur Man for Christ and seemed hell-bent on promoting the ideas that mankind and dinosaurs were created only 6,000 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's that's a possibility. <laughs> it's a possibility. Somebody should let, uh, was it Ronald? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. we should let him know that there's at least a chance that there's a pteranodon lurking around Philip the bush. O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and, that, and those were connected too with the the idea that there was a portal in Lordsburg that was letting things in from other times, like the, Lord, a, oh. the Lordsburg door. Oh, I hadn't heard oh of this. Yeah, I wrote a couple articles on that. It was pretty interesting, um, but uh, it seems to trace back to this one schizophrenic guy living down oh. there, though. Unfortunately, hmm. well, okay. I had to get a restraining order against. Oh, um, the, <laughs> wow. <laughs> while writing that article, when journalism wow. goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, some of this stuff. Less likely because of geography. I'm gonna, but you had mentioned something earlier that uh, I thought was pretty intriguing. Uh, one of the strangest cryptids I've ever heard of, cabots. Oh, yes. Okay. I've cat got, rabbits. I've got one last possibility oh here. I think this would have really set a dog off, frankly. I know. Yeah. You the know? cat and the rabbit <laughs> yeah. together? Yeah. I don't know. This is kind of a long piece. Should I... Well, just, just give us the gist. Okay. Oh. Give me the gist. Okay. Yeah, what, what is... Uh... All right. So cabots are allegedly half cat, half rabbits. And... Uh, in Dulce, New Mexico, they seem to have been sighted up there a couple of times. So Dulce, which is, of course, the yeah. the home of many strange conspiracy theories. Right. In northeastern New Mexico, they or northwestern, northwestern, right? New is Mexico, it? I'm not I think, even yeah. Sure. Um, they, uh, northern New Mexico, at least, for sure, right? Let's see. Uh, the northern, in the center, Dulce is almost in the center of the northern edge of the state, I wrote here. Okay. Um, on the Hickory, Hickory uh, Apache Reservation. And uh, it's huge in these uh, conspiracy theories because there's, supposedly there's an underground, multi-level, like, alien-human city where yeah. the government and the reptoids that secretly control the world and uh, a bunch of aliens are doing, like, experiments with hybrids and stuff. And uh, there, was a, there was a war called the Dulce War fought underground between aliens and humans at one point, and tons of oh people and aliens I love how died. elaborate it all is. And it's how... so crazy. And if you go to this town, there's just nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing I mean, like, there. Like they're doing a darn good job of keeping it under wraps. There's, there's a gas a whole station. war going on down there. Yeah. There's, um, there was, man, Dulce does get in some interesting stories once in a while. There was a guy uh, a couple of years ago who like, had a machine gun and was just like shooting anybody that came near him, and he had escaped through Dulce, and there was this huge chase over all the... Wow. <laughs> the hill, just some total weirdo. Was he an uh, escaped alien? I, I don't know. But anyway, so um, apparently in this Dulce base, they were doing all sorts of uh, secret testing, hybrid testing. And one of the things that they allegedly tested was mixing cats and rabbits yeah. for some reason. Well, I, that'd be really useful. I, 
yet to make a new pet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is clearly what the gov- one of the government's <laughs> priorities is new yeah. pets. And if you look it's at this picture sugar gliders I have here. came from. Yeah, this is a picture I have here. It looks it's kind of got like a cat-like head with a like a rabbit-like snout. Where did you get that picture? Uh, the internet probably. Courtesy of Robert David, it says. So it this is something uh, that, that is supposed to have been engineered in Dulce and then, like, escaped? Well, and then apparently people started seeing them around there. In 1977, um, yeah, like, one of these turned up around there. Um, according to Hartwell, a man named Hartwell, in 1977, oh, no, a man named Val Chapman walking in the desert near Dulce, near Dulce captured what he insisted was a cabot. Its front half looked like the front half of a normal cat, but its back half lacked a tail and featured long legs almost identical to those of a jackrabbit. Chapman took the cabot, which he had found in Dulce, on tour, featuring it prominently in a Los Angeles exhibit, on TV, and in supermarket tabloids. So they say, where is all this stuff? I did research on this topic. I couldn't find any of that stuff. Um, It is believed to have escaped from Dulce's laboratory years ago, wrote Teresa Morgan in a February 2004 New Mexico Magazine article. Rumor has it that heavily armed men in black fatigues, flying unmarked black helicopters, were responsible for hunting down the unnatural cabot creation. That but, seems like a lot of effort for yeah. a half cat, half rabbit. Like right. this isn't something that's going to go berserk and kill right. a bunch of people. Let's it's just going to be grow. like uniquely It'll, cute. Yeah, and probably yeah. wouldn't survive in the wild. That Maybe they're well. telepathic and they teach everyone to love instead of oh. hate, oh. and the government yeah. can't handle that. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I think I just cracked this case. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> it's trying to spread love. Yeah. Kill it. Uh, Wasn't that a Simpsons? I can't remember. I think it's every Dean Koontz novel. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to take your word on it. Right. Uh, no, I, uh, I read a few ones. But I got this great quote from um, a cryptozoology researcher, Sarah Hartwell. She said, a cat is a carnivore with its whole body adapted to hunting and meat eating wrote cryptozoology researcher Sarah Hartwell in a 1999 online article, a rabbit is an herbivore with its whole body adapted to eating it plants. So it's unlikely uh, yeah. that, these, okay. that, that these things exist. So she's using science. I thought you were saying how cool it was. That <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's, well, but maybe. Maybe. You, know, you never Blended. know. It's a good time of year to believe in everything and just think yeah. Yeah, okay. all these things are in her yard. Maybe it's like a, a team of them. Well, I think we should, uh, yeah. we should, we should vote. We should be. So, Nora, what do you think it is? Wait, can we go? So, Earth Babies, Witches, Fireball. Witches of a uh, Fireball variety mm-hmm. or, right. or Invisible. All I right. guess right. they can be invisible. Yeah. Earth Babies. Earth Babies. Duendes. Duendes are good. Um, uh, oh, the, the Rat Goblin. Oh, Rat, rat Goblin. Nice rat one. Goblin. Yeah. Uh, the Old Guy. El Abuelo. El Abuelo. El Abuelo could be. Um, El Cucuy. Okay. Kind of give it a passing mention. Yeah. El Basilisco. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Uh, La Llorona. La Llorona, eh. Yeah. Uh, Avanyu, eh. Oh. I, I shouldn't be trying to influence this boat. Yeah, that's Avanyu. Avanyu yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Uh, Cabots. And and oh, Pteranodons. Oh, t- yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so which yeah. one do you think? Oh, can I suggest one more? I just thought of this, but can I please suggest one okay, more? Okay, sure. It's really funny, and I don't know that we'll ever have a chance to bring this up in another <laughs> episode because it's so dumb. Uh, but up near Taos, there are rumors of a giant owl called Big Hoot. Big Hoot. And it's like six to eight mm-hmm. feet tall, yeah. and it comes out and stands solemnly by people. I think That's that was, I've heard of that too. Okay, yeah. so we'll throw in Big Hoot right. too. I think it could have been that. I just love that name, but yeah. I can't let that sway me. Big Hoot. Yeah. You know, after listening, I'm going to say the Duende. You think I'm Duende? Go Duende. I'm going with Earth Babies. Hmm. I like Cabot myself. Oh, I, yeah. I think it's probably a really cute Cabot. Oh. It explains Aww. why the dog's barking. I do think that if that dog keeps doing that, they should f- seek some solution because that's really obnoxious when you have a neighbor that the dog just never quits barking. Why is it the dog's fault? It's probably the Duende's fault. Oh, they need to get rid of the Duende. <laughs> <laughs> they should lure it with some unkempt children's. Toenails. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you could lose some toes that way. But yeah. You yeah. know, I kinda maybe I'm gonna change my vote to Duende. I kinda feel like you know, if it's a cabot, it probably wouldn't have hung around but for like Duende two days. It's so similar to just like a child in appearance. Like so why would a dog be set up? Kids walk by Because all it's the time. unnatural. Yeah, dogs can, they sense, can that. sense that. Oh, okay. The paranormal thing. I remember I read huh. in a book when I was a kid about how um, dogs can see ghosts. So if you look between the ears of a dog and the dog's growling at something, oh, man. and if it's a ghost, you'll be able to see it. Oh. So that would be my, my suggestion for 
pick Grox. I read in this book called Ride with the Sun. It was this wonderful collection of folk tales from around the world. Um, there was an Ohio folk tale in there. I read this when I was a kid, and it just fascinated me that dogs can see ghosts. And so if you take a coat off a dog's eye and put it in your own eye, you can see ghosts also. But you should just do oh. one. You should just do one eye because then you can close that eye and see like how things actually are and know you know what's that's what's a threat. And what's that's not. an interspecies vector for conjunctivitis. It and that's all Don't that do is. that. It's gross. <laughs> but it's a folktale. All right. Don't well. Do that. Yeah. Um, I think we should settle this, though. Like, how can we not agree on what's causing this? I I'm, I changed my vote to Duende. Yeah, so... What do you think? Because Duende is mischievous. Yeah. It sounds like you're the only and, holdout, Mike. Well, I just think these Earth babies are a real problem. And like, <laughs> like no, one, no one's caring about this. Like, Maybe we could put up a poll on Facebook. That's the thing you can do, right? Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. We should do that. We should we'll, do that. I will put up a poll on Facebook. Right. Listeners, help Listeners us. can vote. Yeah. What is in this person's yard? <laughs> and I hope only I hope that not just like two people vote. We need like this needs to be yeah. a, an yeah. election. Yeah, Come we out need to help to... cocky pink Crocs guys. Yeah, yeah and then exactly. we'll we'll make sure the cocky pink Crocs somehow knows about. Yeah, this. I will mm-hmm. alert cocky yeah. pink Crocs. So you go on Reddit. Is Reddit like a good thing? Should we be on there? Uh, it's well, I, no? I like the Albuquerque oh, section. Okay. It's okay. Huh. There's like, you know, there's definitely some people who just hate everything, but oh, yeah. um. There's some, you know, good information there. Okay. Some discussions. The rest of Reddit, I mean, it's just a real mixed bag. And hmm. I guess that's yeah. it. People are insane yeah. everywhere, I guess. And yeah. they seem to have found a place on Reddit. They have their own little forums on Reddit. So. Oh, okay. You can, I got lost in a thread once about missing children who oh. get snatched, literally. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's good reading Horrible. before Halloween. God, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it so. is. It's like, whoa. Skeevy. Yeah. Weird. Did you guys almost get kidnapped ever when you were kids? Did you ever have like close calls or weirdness or anything? No. Not that I know of. <laughs> okay. Did you? Yeah, I had one, but it, like I, just a weird lady following me, telling me I was supposed to come with her. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Really? Yeah, super creepy. Where? Well, you should have gone with her. I was at this little store. My, we were living in Austria at the time, and uh, uh, I, there was this little store like two blocks away. Um, a lot of backstory I'd have to tell them about why and everything. But we were anyway, we were living in Vienna, and... Uh, this uh, there was this little store two blocks away. I would walk down there um, almost every day and like buy candy or trading cards or something. And one day I was walking back, and this kind of wild-eyed, short-haired lady came up, and she's like, "Mikey, Mikey, remember me?" And I'm like, "What? What?" <laughs> she's like, "You're. I met you with your parents. I have to bring you to your mom. Come with me." Whoa. And I'm like, "What?" And I had I had seen Adam because my sister was yeah. a really bad babysitter. Yeah. And like, like <laughs> let, let me watch this movie about a kid getting abducted and dismembered. It was horrible. Oh and that was like in my head, like really. And so I was yeah. like, no, and just took off running. And she chased me almost all the way home. Are you kidding? Yeah. And then I ran inside like, mom, dad, someone's after me. And she, she just like got this panicked look and covered her face and darted off down the street. And I never could figure out where she got my name from or like Whoa. any of that stuff. Super mm. freaky though. So I know that stuff does happen. Yeah. There sure. are weirdos out there, but. Uh, Berlin is home to one of the most famous child abduction stories of oh. all, Terra Calico, um, which maybe we should cover at some point. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, look that one up for some real oh, awful, man. awful feelings. Oh. Um, let's stick with let's, let's stick, stick with, with the made up bad things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, we could do a whole Earth episode on real, real possible things that are in her yard. <laughs> Squirrel. My <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> meth lab like on the other side of the rose bush. There's like teenagers. <laughs> like white plastic barrels set up. All right. People like dissolving bodies. Drop. Yeah. yeah. Anything we should mention before we wrap it all up? Oh, uh, well, let's see. Well, what 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 are we doing next? How's this leading into our? I don't know. What we should we do next? We haven't. Yeah. We might have to redcon it. All right. All right. This is going to lead into the next episode, though, and we'll figure it out. It's going to be amazing, you guys. It'll be seamlessly. Yeah. You're just going to be amazed at yeah. how beautifully it, it meshes. You'll be like, that one really added to my experience <laughs> with the previous one. And the, 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 putting those two next to each other was smart. Right. That's okay. what we'll say. Well, thank you guys for podcasting. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Tell your friends. Like us on Facebook. We're at like 954 likes, and we just can't make 1,000. 1,000? Come, Come on. on. 1, Give us that sweet 1,000. It's totally oh, arbitrary. That's when the money starts rolling in. Yeah. That's when the sweet, sweet <laughs> Facebook money comes in. All right. And if you have a good idea for an episode, let us know, too. Yeah, we've actually gotten some letters. We should probably start reading those sometime soon. Yeah, that's good. All right. Thanks. Bye.